set the stage a little bit this morning. Not going to make any messes. I hope. Does anyone know the story of the tree in this picture? If you know the story of the tree, you'll notice this is the church playground out here and and there's the Brahms drive-thru. You all know the story of the Brahms drive-thru. We go there a lot. Um, but does anyone, raise your hand if you know the story of this tree. Maybe no, Polly? Well, I told you on the phone last week. <laughs> Stories. Boy, they matter. This morning's sermon is called The Spiritual Importance of Remembering. We're going to do a little bit of that today uh, in this room. Uh, but I'm going to need some helpers uh, now, and, and then I'll have some more kids come up later, but I need a kid, one or two kids that know a lot about plants, know a lot about plants. Let's see, Elliot, come on up here. Kinsey, come on up. Never afraid of a stage here. So come on up here. I want, I want to talk about this, this tree that I've got. All right, so what are some of the parts of the tree that you see? Roots, leaves, branches, yeah, kind of the, go ahead, like the trunk, yes. Now, the first one you mentioned were the roots. What can you tell me about the roots of a tree? Well, here, let's do this. What can you tell me? It starts out as a seed and then it grows into roots that suck up the water from the ground. Good. Uh, Elliot, do you know anything else that roots do? What happens when a storm comes? Do they hold it in the ground? Those roots hold it in the ground, right? So are roots important? Okay, so what happens if I go start cutting all of these roots off? The tree will die. It'll stop growing. You can't get the water from the ground. Roots are strong, aren't they? I'm not supposed to cut them. Why? So you guys think these roots matter? Well, what about this tree now? What happens if I go plant it now? It won't grow. Is it going to get water? What if I just plant it like this with no roots in the ground? What happens the first time a storm comes? Yeah. That's about it, right? This tree doesn't have a chance without roots, right? All right, thank you guys. Thank you for your plant knowledge. A tree without roots has no ability to grow. It has no ability to get nutrients or to get water. It has no ability to survive the storms that come. And I, I want to talk about that today. Uh, and, and sadly, I've killed this tree so that you see the significance of it. Are you sad for the tree? 
I will tell you, I felt really guilty at the store last night. I'm, I'm going to check out with this tree, and I'm feeling sad when I'm picking it, like which one is going to live forever and which one is going to get killed at church tomorrow. Um, and this guy's like, what kind of tree did you get? And I'm like, oh, it's this one. Uh, and he goes, oh, it's going to grow to be a beautiful tree. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> uh, he was excited for the tree, and I didn't have the heart to tell him. Uh, you know, we're going to come back to this in a minute. But I'll tell you that when it comes to the spiritual importance of remembering, in our world today, we don't do a very good job. We don't do a very good job of remembering people. We don't do a good job of remembering events. We don't do a good job of remembering the things that God has done for us in the past. Uh, and that's a huge problem. Because the reality is that when it comes to remembering the past with gratitude and thanksgiving, that when you're able to do that, it helps you to be less anxious in the present and not be afraid about the future. Because you forget that you survived worse than this before. And so there's this incredible power to memory that we are losing as a people. We, we spend all of our time today, uh, we live in the era of Facebook and Instagram, where you're constantly bombarded by a timeline that only looks at the present. It's really one of the more ironic names that, that you go to look at your timeline, but all you see is this second, this second, this second, over and over and over again. Occasionally, Facebook will show you a, a, a memory, a blast from the past. Remember this photo from 10 years ago? And you share it and you tell everyone, man, I can't believe everything has changed so much. And then you know what you do in the next second? You go back to the present and you go back to this moment in the next moment, and you're constantly forgetting everything that's come before you. We used to do uh, photo albums. We used to do scrapbooks. But now we live in the world where you post it and forget it. You share it and move on. Gone are the days of sitting in the living room with grandma and grandpa. And the sun has set, so what else is there to do except for sit around and, and tell stories and remember and celebrate? Some of my best memories were at my great-grandma Hill's house where we would just sit around the living room and, and she would tell us stories about when her family was in the land run. She would tell us stories about, uh, about what it was like when they first moved to Missouri and the things they would do and the horses and the chickens and, and, and a world that I couldn't even imagine, but I learned in those moments. Today in the living room, we sit around the television and the telephone and the art of passing down stories and memories is gone. There's an African proverb that, that, that I love, <clears throat> but anytime I hear it, it, it just creates this ache in me. The proverb says, when an old person dies, a library burns to the ground. Don't you just hear that wisdom in your gut? When an old person dies, that their, their memories, their stories, all that they've learned and lived and done and accomplished, and if it's not given to someone else so that they can carry that book of that memory and that story with them, that the library burns. What an idea. You know, and, and not only that, but people don't go to funerals today the way they used to. Uh, some of our older members here have helped me to realize how much this has changed. I, I heard it a couple uh, weeks ago, and I thought, I don't know. And then over the past several weeks, I, I've been thinking about it and noticing it and observing it in different ways, uh, that we don't value 
the burning libraries in our world. Today, funerals, you, you might go, uh, if it's someone that's in your family or if it's a really close friend, but funerals used to be a community event where coworkers and neighbors, people who knew the person well and people who just knew of them would all show up and they would gather together as a community to collectively witness the last telling of a person's stories, the sharing of the library of their life. And in that moment, it was, it was something that was shared among a large group of people, not only supporting one another and, and learning to grieve and beginning that grieving process, but giving recognition to a life lived and stories worth hearing one last time. One last time. Today we're too often caught up in the needs of the present to have time for the stories of the past. And yet over and over again, Scripture calls us to remember. And Scripture warns us to never forget. And the Bible commissions us to continue telling the stories, tell them and retell them of who God is and what he's done. Remember where you've been so you can have some sense of who you are and where you're going. There's a connection to the past, the present, and the future in Scripture that we so often just take for granted and, and move right past. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 7 says this, Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you, your elders, and they will explain it to you. Too often we ask for advice from the people that are nearest in age, and, and there's this wisdom in Deuteronomy of saying, don't forget to ask your elders. Don't forget the wisdom of generations long past given to those who are older than you today to give to you if only you'll remember to ask them. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 9 says, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Memory isn't just a thought thing, it's a retelling we need to be verbally recounting the stories of what God's done for us, telling our children so that they can tell their children. A story isn't something to be learned. A story is a gift that's to be received and then given again. Give the stories of others away to even other future people and future generations. You know, some of the darkest stories in the Bible, especially the Old Testament, some of the stories that we read and we think, how could that happen to God's people? How could they behave in such a way? Almost always, if you look at some of the worst stories in the Old Testament, if you go back a couple pages, you'll see something that looks like this. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Dark days are coming for God's people if we don't keep telling the stories. And, and not just this story, although this story above all has to be the story that is told over and over and over again. But I'm talking about the stories of our lives and the stories of our dark days and the stories of our good days and how God walked with us in all of them. God says over and over again in Scripture, keep telling your kids those stories so that they can tell your grandkids. And if they don't, then you just go tell your grandkids. And if they won't listen, find anybody younger than you to tell them who God is, 
and what he's done for you. The next passage I want to look at is, is from the book of Job. And if you've been waiting for me to get back to our poor tree down here on the ground, we're headed there. The book of Job, in chapter 8, the book of Job is having a, a difficult conversation. Job was a righteous man who has now lost everything because Satan has said to God, he said, listen, uh, Job is only faithful to you because you have bribed him with all the good stuff in his life. If you took that away, he would not remain faithful to you. And so Job is being tested to see if he is fully uh, faithful to God with or without stuff. Well, this creates one of the oldest problems in all of humanity, which is the question, and it's really two parts of one coin. Why do good things happen to bad people while bad things happen to good people? How do we make sense of a world that seems like there should be good things happening to good people and bad to the evil? And in the world, over and over again, we look around and the opposite seems to be happening more often than not. And we want to ask God, why would you let that happen? And so all through the middle parts of Job, his friends come up and they say, Job, here's what we conclude based on our wisdom. Here's what we know based on the wisdom of our time and our people. And the ultimate wisdom at Job at the end is that God's in charge and we're not. But along the journey, there's all of these nuggets of trying to make sense of a world where things don't seem to go the way they should go. And one of those is a guy named Bildad the Shuhite. And I want to share some of the wisdom that he gives here. It's not the ultimate wisdom that God is God and we're not, but it is a little piece of wisdom that has something important to say to us today. He says, ask the former generation and find out what their ancestors learned. For we were born only yesterday and know nothing. And our days on earth are but a shadow. Will they not instruct you and tell you? Will they not bring forth words from their own understanding? Can papyrus grow tall where there is no marsh? Can reeds thrive without water? While still growing and uncut, they wither more quickly than grass. Such is the destiny of all who forget God. So perishes the hope of the godless. What they trust in is fragile. What they rely on is a spider's web. They lean on the web, but it gives way. They cling to it, but it does not hold. They're like a well-watered plant in the sunshine, spreading its roots over the garden. It entwines its roots around a pile of rocks. It looks for a place among the stones. But when it is torn from its spot, that place disowns it and says, I never saw you. Surely its life withers away and from the soil, other plants grow. Bildad says to Job, Job, go ask the former generations to tell you their stories and to give you their wisdom and to teach you the things that they know that you don't know. Don't you know that, that you and I were born yesterday, Job? We're young compared to those who have the greatest wisdom. Why don't you go and ask them to help you understand what's going on in your life? When we go and ask the people who, who are our age and younger, it's like trying to lean on a spider web. It's like trying to be a papyrus that's not planted in water. It's like trying to be a tree with no root. That tree doesn't have a chance. 
and it's going to be ripped out of the soil by the first breeze that pushes it around. And it's not going to have a chance to grow and to be nourished, to survive, to make it through even a season. He says, don't you know that that's what it's going to be like for those who don't seek the stories of the older generation, the stories of God. This is what it will be like for those who forget God. And we forget because we don't tell and retell. We've stopped being people who celebrate and are grateful for the past because we're so busy in the present and worried about the future. It's a problem. It's a problem. So I want to do an exercise. I want to actually do this. I want to tell some of the stories about our past at Northwest. I want to tell you the story not of this tree, but of the tree I showed you at the beginning uh, of the sermon. For this, I, I, want, I need an, an audience of younger people, and they have to be younger because I'm still young enough that I'm not older than most of you. Uh, so any kids that want to come up and hear a story, come on up. Come on up and just kind of sit up here for a few minutes. I want to tell you a story about something at Northwest so that you can remember some of our past. Because as you learn about our past, I think it's going to help you understand a little bit more of who we are today and where God is calling us to go in the future. Just sit down. Sit down on the stairs, on the stage, wherever you're comfortable. All right. So turn and kind of look at me. Here's what I want to ask you guys. How many of you guys have ever received a gift from Miss Connie? Any of you guys ever received a gift from Miss Connie? Raise your hand if you have. Any of you guys some, ever had Miss Connie teach in one of your classes? And she gives special prizes and other things at the end of each class? Yeah. How many of you guys have ever received a sucker from Miss Polly? You guys ever get a sucker at the end of church? Yeah. Have you ever got one? Yeah. Yeah, you guys remember Miss Connie and Miss Polly, but long before Miss Connie and Miss Polly were, were even here, did you know that I grew up at this church? Yep. When I was even younger than any of you guys on the stage, I was sitting here, and there were a couple things that were different in this room. One of them is that all those comfy chairs you've been sitting in, those were hard wooden pews with bright red cushions on them. Can you believe that? Yeah, and we would sit on those chairs, uh, those pews, and up here on the front, there didn't used to be a wall. There used to be curtains that went all the way from the ceiling to the floor, and they were a bluish-green color. Can you believe that there were those curtains hanging all over the walls? And over here and over there, you could actually slip between the curtains because one of the curtains covered the baptistry, and there used to be a button you could push, and it would open the curtains, and the baptistry would appear every time there was a baptism. And then there was a secret door behind it that could go into the baptistry from the stage. This is how wonderful this place used to be. <laughs> Eventually the button broke and then you had to go and actually open the curtains by hand. But back in those days when we had the hard pews and the green curtains, there was a lady named Billy Bramble. Have you guys ever heard of Billy Bramble? You have? I don't think so. You should have. I should have told you the story. There's a lady named Billy Bramble, and when I was growing up here and I was your age, I would walk in here from my Bible class, and I'd walk down that aisle, and right there in one of the pews that was between where Caleb Walker is sitting and Bob Jatan would be sitting Billy Berry. 
uh, Billy Bramble, I'm sorry. There's good stories about Billy Berry too, but this isn't one of them. And Billy Bramble would be sitting right there, and next to her was her husband, John. And you know what Billy would have every single Sunday morning? Was a bag of double bubble bubble gum. Right? Do you guys, how many of you bought one of our pews when we sold them a few years back? Any of you have those two? You have some of that gum in your house today. Um, we've, we shortened the pews, but we kept the rest of the integrity to them, so you're welcome. Um, yeah. It is why there's gum under the chair in our game room. Yes. Uh, well, Billy Bramble would every week give all of the kids double bubble bubble gum. All you had to do was say please and thank you. And she taught us about good manners, and she taught us about saying uh, please and thank you. But you know what else she taught us by giving us gum? She taught us that she loved us. She taught us that this church loved us. And she taught us that God and Jesus loved us in a, in a little way. But she was always here. And when I was nine years old, you know what happened? Uh, the gum lady, and that's what we called her. I didn't know her name was Billy until recently because uh, we just called her the gum lady. We'd go up and say, can I go see the gum lady? And my mom and my dad would say, yeah, you can go see the gum lady. And I'd go to the gum lady and I'd say, please. And I'd get my gum and I'd say, thank you. And I'd go back and I'd sit down uh, because she was so kind that all the kids knew her as the gum lady. Well, when I was nine years old, the gum lady uh, got sick. She had some heart problems and she died. She went to heaven to be with Jesus. And we were so sad. We, all the kids were so sad. We all came, uh, most of us were at the funeral to celebrate her life and to remember her. And we thought that is the end of us getting gum on Sunday mornings. But two things happened. The first one is this. The church said she was so special to us that they planted a tree, this tree, in her honor. This is a sweet gum tree. And if you go out and look at it, you'll see there's these little spiky balls on it that I, I'm told have something to do with, with a sweet, gummy flavor. I don't, I don't know. Don't go mess with them. Yeah. Oh, you think so? Okay. Well, don't put anything in your mouth without your parents' permission. Uh, but the sweet gum tree uh, is out there, and it's right next to the playground so that for years and years, children would look over and remember the bubblegum lady and all the love and kindness that she showed us and the lessons she taught us. And the second thing that happened was this, is that we came to church the next week, and her husband, John, had sat quietly next to her for so many years, and she would always talk to us, and he would just kind of sit there. We didn't really talk to him much because he didn't have bubblegum. Well, yeah, we were kids. It's okay. Well, that Sunday we walked in, and guess what? He was sitting in her seat, and you know what he had in his hand? A bag of bubble gum. And so for the next 14 years, children grew up at this church who didn't know the bubble gum lady. You know who they knew? The bubble gum man. <laughs> and he'd sit there with his gentle smile, and kids would come and get their double bubble bubble gum. And then when he passed away, which was about 14 years ago, there was another lady who thought, this is so important at this church that children know that we love them and they know that God loves them, that she decided she would start handing out something else. And do you know what she handed out? Suckers. Do you know why? 
because she didn't want them putting gum on the bottom of the new chairs. <laughs> now today, Miss Polly and Miss Connie, in their ways, show you guys what people at this church have been showing children for decades and decades, 20, 30, 40 years. This church has a history of finding little ways to love kids in a way that constantly teaches them that God loves them. Do you think that matters? Yeah. Do you think those stories matter? Yeah. Do you guys know that you're loved? Did you learn anything today? What's something you learned? About the bubblegum lady? That our church has a history of people giving out candy. <laughs> Elliot, what'd you learn? About the bubblegum man. Will you guys, what would you learn? About the tree. Here's what I want you guys to do. Every time you're at the playground, I want you to look over at that tree, and I want you to say, that's a sweet gum tree, and it reminds me of all the people at this church that want me to know that Jesus loves me. Will that tree always remind you about Jesus' love for you? Yes. yes. All right, you guys can go sit down. Thanks for being a great audience. You'll notice I've actually got up here a bag of double bubble bubble gum. You like these? Uh, here, when church is over, I'm actually going to go set them uh, over on the Home Point Center. And I'm going to set them next to a pile of papers. And, and kids, listen up. I want you to go get one of those papers, and it's got a challenge on it. And here's what the challenge is. The challenge is for you to pretend that you're a journalist uh, that maybe is a TV journalist or a newspaper journalist, and, and that you're going to go find someone who's older than your parents, older than your parents, and you're going to come up with a list of questions that you want to ask them. Ask them questions like, where did you grow up? What was it like when you were a kid? What was it like before cell phones? If you get a really old person, you can ask, what was it like before telephones? What did you do for fun? What would that have been like? Ask them, what have you learned growing up about God? Ask them, what advice would you give to a Christian child today? And write down their answers. Write them down. And then I want you to either make a video as if you're a reporter telling their story. Say, this is Kent Brown with... Uh, Northwest News, and I've just interviewed this person, and I want to tell you some of the things I learned about him, and make a video, and then share that video with someone else. Or if you're not good at videos, what I want you to do is, is write a story. Today I learned about the story of this person, and write it, and then I want you to share that video or that article that you've written with somebody else, because that's the power of this kind of remembering, is that you receive the story as a gift, and then you give it to someone else. Because this is the power of God working in us and through us that we not forget the good times and the bad times of the past, but we, share, we remember them ourselves, we share them with others who then share them forward to yet another generation so that we will never forget what God has done. We'll never forget what God has done. Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. 
Ask your father and he will tell you, your elders, and they will explain to you. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen and let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Ask the former generation and find out what their ancestors learned. For we were born only yesterday and know nothing. And our days on earth are but a shadow. Two challenges this week, and I hope you take them. Tomorrow's Memorial Day. What a day to remember. What a day to remember those who have gone before, the lives they've lived, the sacrifices they've made in the church and out of the church. Uh, here's what I want you to do this Memorial Day week. Uh, if your kids go grab a piece of double bubble bubble gum and remember how much this church loves you and God loves you and grab that challenge sheet that, that describes the activity I just gave you. Go interview someone this week. But if you're one of our older members, if you're one of our older members and maybe double bubble doesn't tempt you the way it once did, here's what I want to ask you to do this week. What I want you to do is take the library of your life. I want you to pull out one of the books, one of your stories, one of your memories. And I want you to call someone younger than you and give them the greatest gift, the gift of these eight magic words. Have I ever told you about the time? Have I ever told you about the time? And if they say, I don't have time right now, say, I need you to go get online and listen to my preacher's sermon and call me back. Okay? But they won't. Have I ever told you about the time? And give them one of your books. Because there's a day that the library will close, and we've got so many incredible libraries in this church. Call someone. Give them one of your books. Bless them with telling them who God has been to you and what he's done for you and one of the stories of your great adventures with the God who is worthy of being remembered. This morning, if you need to respond to the story that must be told over and over again that Jesus died and rose from the grave and that he wants to be Lord and Savior of your life, if that's the story that you need to remember and remember it uh, through baptism and committing your life to him for the rest of your life, do that this morning as we stand and sing. Oh, listen to our wondrous story, counted once a 